Well, uh, the title of the message today is Good News of Great Joy. Don't you like to hear that? You know, we hear we hear negative news all the time and uh, bad news all the time. Isn't it great to have good news of great joy? Our text is Luke 2:10. We're going to look at that in just a moment. This week has one event right up at the front of our minds. You know, you can't miss it everywhere you go. There's uh Real nice-looking ushers with red coats on. Uh, you know, you you look around, and a lot of folks uh, have decorations out in front of their house, and we hear music on the radio, television that reminds us that this is Christmas. We're right in the middle of it. The stores are packed with people, and everybody has a smile on their face just about. There's always a few Grinches, as you know. Well, billions of dollars have been spent. Billions. Uh, Why do people get so excited about Christmas, you might ask? How does an event that happened over 2,000 years ago, how does that still make an impact on my life today? Well, why do we celebrate it? The answer is because Christmas is such good news. Let's look at our text, Luke 2.10. Do not be afraid, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. It's not just for a select few, it's for everybody. Anybody can respond to the call of Christ in their life, anybody. And of course, we hope and pray that everyone will. Now, God never does anything by accident. You know that. Whatever he does, uh, he always has a purpose behind it. It would be wonderful if we all knew the four reasons Jesus came into the world. People ask you, say, well, why did he come? You know, and people uh, want to say something critical. And we need to have something positive and constructive Uh, to say uh, back. So I wanted to talk about the four reasons Jesus came into the world today. Well, the Bible says that Jesus came to reveal God's real identity. There are plenty of wild ideas about God in the world. We all know that. For some people, their idea of God is George Burns. (laughs) Do you remember that movie where he was God in the movie? Do you remember? bunch of you did. It's been a long time ago. Morgan Freeman is the later edition of that, and uh, he did a good job too. Some people think that God is that feeble old grandfather who waves his cane at you. Uh, some people believe that God is a whole lot like Santa Claus, because God kind of gives things out every once in a while, and that's what Santa Claus does, so they're probably alike. Well, some people uh, say, you know, I really, the, the clearest understanding I've ever had was when I went and saw Star Wars. Uh, you know, it seemed like there were some things in there that maybe God is like that. Some people think of God as an irate judge who is ready to pounce on all of us for one reason or another. Why are there so many false ideas about God? Well, probably because it's until Jesus came, nobody really knew what God was like. 
Jesus came to reveal God's real identity, to show us what God is really like. There was a little boy that was coloring uh, during uh, the class. The teacher had asked everybody in there to uh, color something that was important to them, and so everybody was got out there. Uh, different colored crayons. Everybody was doing a picture, and the teacher was walking around, and she came up to this one boy, and she said, What are you drawing? And he said, I'm drawing a picture of God. And the teacher said, Well, you can't do that. Nobody knows what God looks like. And he said, Well, they will when I get through. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus came to make God visible. He came to correct all the false and phony ideas about God. This is a miracle, uh, Christmas time. It always has been, always will be. It's based, of course, on the greatest miracle our world has ever known. God became a human being. If you want to relate to human beings, guess what you've got to do? You've got to become a human being. If you want to relate to the birds... You've got to become a bird. God wanted to relate to us, therefore he became one of us. He lived and he breathed, just like we do. He really made himself a complete man. He walked and talked, just like we do. He suffered and he was tempted, just as we are in our daily walk. That's the good news of Christmas. The Bible says that Jesus came to earth to reveal God's identity. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. And Jesus answered back, don't you know me, Philip? Jesus said, those that have seen me have seen the Father. Secondly, this morning, Jesus came to preach God's word. Jesus was sent with a message. Jesus says, in fact, for this reason I was born. For this reason I came into the world to testify to the truth. The truth. Nowadays, you don't know who to believe. There are so many liars out there. It's just unbelievable. I think it was during the Thanksgiving season we had a fellow come and visit our church. He was a tall fellow. I'm 6'1". He was three or four inches taller than I am. Big, tall guy, nice-looking guy, dressed very nicely. Uh, He came when we were having the Thanksgiving meal. And uh, I talked to him for a while, and I said, I'm so glad that you're here. Have you moved into the area? And he said, yes, I have. And I talked to him some more, and he said he had been in the military for a long time, and so I thought, well, I am going to get Benny to go over and sit down with him and talk to him because Benny was in the military for years and years, so so that's what I did. And then when they got through talking, I took him down to the fellowship hall, and we had a visit down there. And then he got a big plate of food like we all did, And he sat down and ate every bit of it, I noticed. And uh, then we talked again. And he said, uh, 
You know, he said, uh, you all have been so nice to me. He said, I'll be here Sunday, and uh, this just seems like my kind of church. I just would love it, and I'm planning on, on becoming a part of this family. And I said, well, that's great. I love to hear that, and we'll look forward uh, to that day. He said, tonight I've got to drive to Tennessee. He said, uh, you know, I don't know how this happened. But I don't have any money. He said, uh, I've got to get to Nashville, and I don't have enough money to buy gas to get up there. And so after all he had told me, I thought, well, gosh, he's a good Christian guy. And So I reached in. I got $50 out of my wallet and gave it to him. And he said, thank you so much. He said, I think this will get me there, and I appreciate it. And he went on and on, and then he left. I've never seen him since. He was lying. He was lying the whole time. Years ago, I was listening to a talk show uh, while I was driving my car, and the talk show host said this. He said, call in and tell me which you believe more, the radio, the television, or the newspaper. And so I was driving a good way, so I got to hear the whole thing. And almost everybody that called in and said, I don't believe any of those. And that really, that got the majority. Most people uh, said that. Um, on the other hand, Jesus said, I am the truth. I'm the truth. Well, that stands in stark contrast to what is around us today and what has been around us, really, in our life. Have you ever heard of the great American lies Have you ever heard of that? I'm going to read them to you this morning. Number one, the check is in the mail. That's a lie. Secondly, I start my diet tomorrow. That's a lie. We service what we sell. That's a lie. (laughs) Money cheerfully refunded. That's a lie. One size fits all. Now, we know that's a lie. No question about that one. Your luggage isn't lost. It's only been misplaced. Your table will be ready in a few minutes. Open wide, it won't hurt a bit. Every time they say that, it's a lie. Every time. I am from the federal government, and I'm here to help you. Well, where do we go for the truth? Jesus said, I am the truth. The next verse says, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Jesus said, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me today should live in the darkness. What does the light do? Light obviously illuminates, it warms. And it causes many things to grow. That's what happens when Jesus lights up our lives. That is the good news of Christmas. Thirdly, Jesus came to recover God's creation. In Luke 19.10, Jesus said, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Early in our lives, 
when we're around 19, 20, 21, uh, early in our lives, we don't really know what we're doing. We don't know where we're going. We don't know how we're going to get there. Uh, we try and make it through life solving our own uh, problems uh, in our own power. We do all that. And, of course, along the way we get uh, off track. All of us, every once in a while in our lives, we've gotten off track. But God took the initiative and reached out to us. Christmas says God really cares about you. That's what it means. The word lost is not a derogatory term. When you say, I was lost and now I'm found, lost implies value. I might misplace a little bit of string, but I have lost a diamond ring. If I search for that which is lost, it implies value, and worth. The good news of Christmas is this, that you are very valuable to God. He thinks that you are worth a great, great deal. You are worth Jesus coming to earth. He didn't stay in a crib. You remember, he cared so much that he went to the cross. The Bible shares three stories that convey this truth, the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. All three of those stories tell us how much time and how much initiative God has taken for you, the lost one. He's concerned greatly about you, and that is the good news. God sent Jesus on a rescue mission. He went to the cross to save you, to save me. The good news of Christmas is for unto you is born a Savior. A Savior. If you did not need a Savior, God would not have sent one. He doesn't just do things haphazardly. The very fact that Jesus came means that you need a Savior and I need a Savior. Because God sent one for us. Last Christmas, somebody gave me a Christmas card that read, If your greatest need is information, God would have sent an educator. If your greatest need is technology, then God would have sent a techno-geek. If your greatest need was money, God would have sent an economist. If your greatest need was pleasure, God would have sent an entertainer. But our greatest need is forgiveness. So God sent a Savior for you and for me. The reason billions of people celebrate the birth is found in John 12, 7, 47. I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. So many people think that Christianity is legalistic. Uh, It's all about how you find the abundant life. It's all about trying to get us on the right road so that we can move in the right direction and be blessed and live the abundant life. That's why Jesus came, to save our world, to recover God's creation. 
the good news of Christmas is Emmanuel. God is with us. It's also God is for us. You know, somebody can be with us and they're not necessarily for us. But you know, God is not only with us, he's for us. Have you noticed how many saviors there are in the world today? There are political saviors. They say, if you vote for me, I'm going to get this law changed. If you vote for me, I'm going to see that you get more taxes. If you vote for me, I'm going to make a beautiful uh, highway right through your town. If you vote for me, on and on and on and on. Elect me and I'll make a difference. That's it. There are also commercial saviors. If you buy my product, your life will be changed in one day. In one day, your whole life will be changed. If you buy my product... You will be beautiful. If you buy my product, you will be handsome. If you buy my product, your dog will be happy. If you, you know, on and on and on. Well, there's only one real Savior. Only one. One that you need, that I need. And the Bible says that we should quit trying to save ourselves And just accept God's wonderful gift. Fourthly, Jesus came to reproduce God's life in us. That's why he came at Christmas. John 10.10 says, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. What does that mean? It means a whole lot. You're going to have a wonderful, wonderful life. He did not say... I'm going to come so that you can have religion. He didn't say that. He did not say that he's going to come so that you might get some more rules and regulations. He didn't say that. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life. Life. Jesus said he had come to give you, to give me, an abundant, wonderful life. I don't know about you, but as far as I go, that's what's happened. I've had an abundant, wonderful life. God has been so good to me, I just can't hardly uh, believe it. Why did Jesus come at Christmas? Well, so I could have life. It implies that unless I am in harmony with Christ, I'm not living, I'm just existing. You know, there's some truth there. A lot of people in our world today just are existing. They're not really living. How can you experience the abundant life? By letting go of the past and trusting God for the future. And then you can focus all of your energy on the present. What does Jesus mean by abundant living? He means living a life with a purpose. You're here because God wants you to be here. Nobody's ever here by accident. You're here because God want you to be here. The very fact that you are still around means that God has a purpose for your life. You know, I I could tell you a hundred stories about people that are senior citizens that did their best work for our society and for their Lord during the last years of their life. 
you know, they they just did a great job, a great work. Well, life is with peace when you have an abundant life. You have all those worries, just like everybody else. I confess, I worry some. But instead of worrying about them, what we should do is turn it over to God. God takes care of our problems, our hang-ups, our hurts. He takes care of all of it. Life is a life that has power in it if it's an abundant life. I can't do it on my own, but God gives me the power. That is what it means to live the abundant life. In Gainesville, Florida, years ago, there was a professor at the Shands Hospital who was curing schizophrenia by using a kidney dialysis machine. He figured out how to remove chemical imbalances from the blood of people through that machine. It was a tremendous discovery. They would be restored to their right mind. When I first learned about this, I thought to myself, wouldn't it be great if someone could invent a machine that could hook people up and it would cleanse people of all of their guilt and their bitterness and their anger and their fears and their depression and their hurt, making that person all new inside? Wouldn't that be great? And then I realized, of course, that's already been done. And it's not a machine, it's a person. He is God's Christmas to you, the Lord Jesus Christ. This life that God has for you goes on and on and on. It doesn't stop next week, next month, next year, next decade, next uh, continuum of time. It, It goes on for us. It doesn't stop. You will be giving probably a gift or two this year. You'll probably be receiving a gift or two this year. This is one time of the year when we forget about the past, trust God for the future, and focus on the presence. Nobody laughed in the early service either. (laughs) Where did gift giving start? It all started with God. God gave the original Christmas gift, the gift that is Jesus Christ. That's the good news, the good news of great joy that we know in him. I want you to go into suppose land with me for a few minutes. Suppose this afternoon uh, you gave me a present. And... uh, course I thanked you and said that's really sweet of you and I appreciate it and uh, you gave it to me and then a couple weeks went by and you said well pastor how did you like my gift and I said well you know I'm sure it's a very nice gift but I just hadn't gotten around to opening that yet well um, I'm sure that you would think that was very peculiar Uh, let's say that you came back in March and you asked me again, you said, uh, how'd you like the gift I gave you? And I would answer, well, I'm intending to open it one of these days. I I really am. I'm intending to do that. Well, 
If year after year I left the package unopened, you would think there was something seriously wrong with me. And there would be. And yet, year after year, people celebrate Christmas and they never open the big gift. The really big gift. They never open that one. They never accept God's gift. You cannot understand what Christmas is all about until you get and open God's gift of His Son and you take it as your own personal gift. To go through the parties and the celebration without receiving the gift from God is to miss the whole point, the whole point of Christmas. Angels came 2,000 years ago saying, do not Be afraid. I have good news of great joy for you. What is the good news of Christmas? The good news is that Jesus Christ came for us. This morning, uh, as we always do, we're going to have a time of invitation. A time when we invite people to trust in Christ as their Lord and Savior. A time when we invite people to come and join our church and be a part of our family. A time when we ask people to come and rededicate their life. We want you to open the gift. We don't want one person to leave here today without knowing what's in the gift and for you to take the gift. We're going to stand and sing. Let's do that. I'll be waiting on you to come down here at the front.